Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is Apex Greatness. I am your host, Russell Broderick. Which way am I? Which way am I going? This way? This way? To my left! Am I right? <laughs> it's Dario Albuquerque. What's good? I am your host, Russell Broderick. Boy, that intro could have went better, but it doesn't matter. Off camera is the fairy pot mother, Lindsay Lehman. How are you? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Today, we are doing another Legacy Breakdown. And this is going to be a multi-multi-part Legacy Breakdown, as this man played for a very, very long time. Mr. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The master of the skyhook, one of the greatest players to ever play the game, the all-time leading scorer, over 38,000 points. Uh, that's, that's it. That's what I got. How was that for an intro? Not bad? How did I do that? Not bad. <laughs> yeah, that was good. But without any further ado, we're going to talk about, before we get into his rookie season, I want to talk about his, before he got drafted. Okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, so even before he gets to college, he was always winning. So in high school, he led his high school team to three straight championships in their league. And during that time, they also had, at one point, a 71-game win streak, which is just insane to think about. Um, okay, and so then he gets to UCLA, and his first game on UCLA, there was, like, freshman teams, which is, like, junior varsity teams in the freshman had to be on that team, and he led the freshman team to beat the reigning champs, two-time reigning champs, of their varsity team his first game at UCLA. So three straight championships in college. Probably would have been four because he beat that freshman team, uh, or that freshman team beat that, basically a junior varsity team beat the varsity team that was winning championships. Yeah. And... These are these are some of the highlights from him in high school, where he looks like an NBA center already against children, basically. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I think there was no there was nothing like Kareem outside of Wilt Chamberlain, I guess, at the time. And yeah. by, by the time he got when he was in UCLA. He, That's who Kareem kind of looked up to, too. It seemed he like. was involved in the... This what we're looking at right now is... I believe this is from the game of the century. Yeah, it is, because UCLA's down. This is this is one of the two games that Kareem actually lost. But okay. And it was because of a... Uh, it's an eye injury. Something happened with his eye. Yeah. About two weeks before the game. And... Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't <clears throat> see. And... It led him to an off night, and they lost this game. But then when they met in the playoffs, he would hold Elvin Hayes, a future Hall of Famer, to 10 points scoring. And they won by 40 when it came to the, the playoffs, or the final four, I should say. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, it was a slaughter. And an unbelievable, completely unprecedented 88-2 and two 
before you're drafted in 1969, the year Bill Russell retired. So once Russell retires, Kareem comes into the league. It's funny how that's kind of worked throughout NBA history because the same thing happened with Jordan. When Jordan left the Wizards, finally, then we get LeBron. It's, it's weird that it's happened in more than once. Yeah. Um, another thing to I mean, know, I, sorry. Another okay. thing to no, you got it. Kareem in college was after his freshman year, the NCAA blocked or stopped allowing dunks during games. Like any yeah. dunks? No like dunks all were allowed dunks? in the NCAA after um, yeah. his freshman year, which was 1967, and they weren't allowed until 1976. Yeah. Oh yeah, that because that fucked with Dr. J too. Remember that. Yeah, and he, um, he pretty much like he, he that's how he developed his skyhook was because of that rule. He started like figuring out how to how to use his size in other ways, and yeah. um, and then that's how the skyhook was developed. So if they didn't make that rule, he, he might have been a totally different player going into the to um the NBA. I think because that, do you think he, he still oh, no, develops that? Still develops the skyhook if he doesn't do the dunk? Yeah, if, if the uh, dunk wasn't he, a thing. If this is a loud dunk? I think he probably is way more of a bruising Shaq, Wilt Chamberlain-style center. I think he puts on a little bit more muscle, and he probably dunks more. May, sure, maybe, but I still but can he, see him, just because of his dimensions... And because of how freakishly long the guy was, I yeah. think he I think he always does that hook shot. Also, he's just such a fucking intellectual. I can just yeah. like I can't see him not doing it. I guess is the better way of putting it. I, I I'm sure that it made it uh that it made him a little uh what do you call it? It made him way more balanced as in terms of like you could you didn't know what you were gonna get from from him in terms of yeah. power finesse. But yeah, but the, he was definitely a, more of a finesse game. He didn't really have he he was all finesse pretty much is what they were showing. And it was funny because I was seeing him um make shots like even when he was younger and he was like doing like fadeaway jump shots. Yeah, he's got a post game. He's always yeah. had a post game. The back to the basket game's always been there for Kareem, and at, especially he is the transition guy. Between Will and Bill Russell into the eighties, it's him. Yeah. It's, it's he's a really, mixture of them, and that's what I was about to say. And it's funny that he is an exact—he's like a blend of both of them because he's definitely when we're watching this game from him in college, he's like ten years ahead of his time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and then by the time Magic gets drafted, in uh, and he's in the league for 10, 11 years at that point, he's like. That's the that's he's the gold standard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he came he came just a little bit early, but basically at the perfect time because no one had ever quite seen any had ever seen anything quite like him, and there was no there was nobody really outside of a Will Chamberlain who could stand up to him physically. Yeah, is that? Um. Yeah, because at at that point there was not really much seven footers going against him. I don't think he. I don't think even when going into the league there were were there many seven footers. 
Seven. I mean, no. The average the average height was about the same as it is now, but he still he still had to deal with like like Wes Unseld, for example, was the MVP r- around this time, and he's six eight center. Yeah. Like even the best centers were still undersized. Yeah. In terms of when you're putting them against Akarina. Yeah, because Kareem's like that. He that's he's like five inches taller than that guy. Then. Yeah. But when we go to Kareem's, because we I know from their basket from his basketball reference, we could just get his college numbers. They're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. So thirty-three and twenty-one his freshman year. I'll repeat that. 33 points, 21 rebounds at age 18. Yeah, that's freaking insane. I don't care what year you were shooting 68%. Like, it's not even. Like, no one's challenging him. (laughs) That's hilarious. And And then, so they outlawed the dunk after his rookie year? Or after his uh, freshman season, Lindsay? Or no? Yeah. Yeah, it was after his freshman season that they outlawed him. So, because so, he was clearly the best, he was clearly the best at that point, and everyone thought that he was going to be the best in the NBA as well when he going in. So from so he never hit thirty points again, but he basically like it's not that different. Like he's he still put up plenty of points, more points yeah. than he did in his freshman year, even still though he was shooting over sixty. Yeah, every single year. Like, the very next year, he's shooting only two percentage points lower. And the important thing to keep in mind is three straight championships, too. Like, yep. Unbelievable. Unbelievable college record. Yeah. He's... Do you think he's the greatest college basketball player ever? It's it's between him and Pete Maravich. In 2008, there was something where they put out saying he was the greatest college basketball player in history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. I mean, <laughs> it's fucking difficult to argue. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Pete Maravich, forty-four points per game without a three-point line. Uh, even though his dad was coaching him and gave him the ball the fucking time, it's still forty-four points a game without a three-point line. And he was doing shit that was like twenty years out of his time. That guy was ridiculous. Well, here's so his name deserves to get mentioned. Also, Larry Bird was a hell of a college player. Yeah, too. I was. I was gonna mention All Larry. Right, so here's something for Kareem though. He's the only player with three most outstanding player awards from the Final Four. So that's essentially like three college basketball Finals MVPs. Essentially, essentially that's yes. a rough he's translation. The only with three. <laughs> I mean. You'll see Again. as we keep on in his career, he's, he was a winner. So, But here's, here's the other thing. There are great players throughout history now that never went to college. And so like, only went for like a year. Co- also, Kobe doesn't get that award if he goes to college. Dario, you don't think he gets uh, a championship if he plays for Duke? Yeah, probably. I'm just saying there's a lot of what ifs. <laughs> That's there's true. A lot of what ifs like, nowadays, you could say that of, about Braun. You could say that about like Kevin Garnett. Like I could, I could see that. There's a lot of legitimate great players throughout our league, our league's history now. Where to say that you're the greatest college player ever 
means significantly less than it did probably 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, that is true. But so many one definitely made him an interesting fucking number one overall draft pick. (laughs) So after his amazing college career, we then get to his first season in the NBA with the Milwaukee Bucks, and he's the unanimous rookie of the year, and they make the playoffs that year. But they don't do well in the playoffs. They still make it. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) My fault. Okay, so this is footage of Kareem's very first game in the league. He immediately assumes position as one of the best players in the league. Uh, I, a lot of the guys that we've talked about so far have done this when they've entered the league. And so I think it somewhat loses its luster, but you've got to understand the reason why we're bringing these people up is because they've had such an amazing impact over this long period of time. And that's why we start here. Because from the very first game, Kareem makes a huge impact on on the Milwaukee organization and on the league as a whole. Because weren't they were they were bottom seed? The that's that's why they got him number one and um yeah it was between him the, and it was between the Bucks and Phoenix and it was a coin toss and they flipped a coin Phoenix lost and Milwaukee takes Kareem yeah and I I was watching video of that and and seeing Phoenix like the Phoenix owner or GM cry like he looked like he was crying when when he lost the the um the coin toss it was pretty funny um. <laughs> To think about it that much, <laughs> but it makes sense. I guess you, you, at that time, everyone's thinking he's gonna be the greatest player, like to ever play, because they were comparing him to Wilt. But he literally played like Wilt and Bill Russell together. Yeah. Also, I was just looking at other people to do the hook shot before Kareem, and one of the few people I could find that actually threw down a hook shot that looked comparable was Bill Russell, of all people. I oh really? Was, yeah, I thought that was super interesting. Like when I when I was just looking at here, I'll pull I'll pull it up real quick. When I was looking at different people who did the hook shot, Bill Russell's name came up, so I'll do Bill Russell. And I was gonna um what do you call it? I was gonna bring it up because it looks very similar to the way Kareem's looked when he starts his career. Like, you see how it's kind of like, he kind of puts his whole body into it. Yeah. See how he does it like that? And Kareem, especially when he was younger, threw it just like that. That is true. Bang. But he probably did. I mean, because he, that was who, because we got to think about, like, when you, when you're at that age, you're going to be watching, he, he would have been growing up watching Bill Russell and and Wilt Chamberlain. So that's who he's going to mimic his game around. That's how... Looks awfully familiar. Seriously, yeah. Because he... 
because even things that he did, um, because I was watching him versus Wilt, um, and it was like he did things that looked like things that Wilt would do. Like he had some powerful ass dunks that I was very confused about because I was just like, I was talking, yeah, Kareem. Oh yeah, dude, that's yeah. Let's go. Like, Let's he was go not. He was place. not like a soft guy. Like as we've been talking about, like these, like in these legacy breakdowns, and then in the hypotheticals, we talk about Kareem, and kind of mention how he's like soft. Well, we we look at him as like a softer player, but I don't know, man. Finesse. <laughs> Let's say finesse. Finesse is the yeah, nicest finesse word player, throughout yeah. history to say soft. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely like a more. I guess finesse player because we look at him versus like a Shaq and stuff, but he faced like Wilt when and Wilt wasn't his prime, but he, he was a bully and you know like he he had to deal with that and I feel like people don't don't take that into consideration because they don't care about the seventies. The seventies. When I was like when I was watching his high school highlights, like look at that skyhook that we just saw right there. Very like mm-hmm. it's very rudimentary in comparison to what we'll see in a few years, but yeah. Uh, we call it the way he was throwing down dunks in high school makes me think he was just one of those kids like that needed to put on weight and needed like like what if he came through now with all the weight training and shit like he'd be a fucking monster because mm-hmm. they'd put like 30 or 40 pounds on him like and does he become be like a Giannis kind of? All that shit. Does he become a little bit more like a Giannis? Ooh, that's a good comparison. But like, not powerful, but finesse, like finesse. Giannis. But like, yeah. with the, the Giannis is kind of body. Yeah, I get they, what you're saying. They are like a like a le- lengthy, and I could see Kareem if he puts on a few pounds and starts like muscling up. I could see him looking like a Giannis. Yeah, but he he'd play. I mean. If we we're going to take his game and put it in 2020, it would be the only way he'd be able to do it and add the muscle would be Shaq, but it would be a Shaq style. But I just think, I just see this guy who. You don't think Kareem and playing this game, this kind of game in 2020 will work? No, I think it would. But I think that it, the patience would wear thin. Oh. It just, it's so much slower than what we play now. Like, I think it would work. It would just take the right coach to let him do it. Like, but that's the whole that's thinking. the whole thing. No matter what, no matter what area you have it in, and we've sh- we've shown it. Like, as we do our um, our hypotheticals, like the if you have a if you have a player who's gonna be better in a slower pace, you're gonna make him play in that. You're gonna make him play in whatever pace you want. So you could win the game, and it happened with the two thousand, the two thousand Lakers, the twenty eleven Heat. They played at a very slow pace, and everyone like I'd I'd. The only time it hasn't been slow pace really is the Warriors. But other than that, like I feel like, and that's because the Warriors were built like that. So I think if you're building around a player like that, you're gonna play at a slower pace and make because he's gonna give you a seventy percent chance of making the shot all the time that he like he, for his career, he's shooting crazy, right? Oh, sorry. 60, uh, 50, 56% chance throughout his career. But like in his prime, 
Yeah, like, we're just looking at his rookie year. I also wanted to show you this. Uh, he is the – there is no other person for rookie of the year. That's freaking crazy. It's just him. <laughs> <laughs> he takes home all the puntos. And that, that's the end of the discussion. It's just, oh, you get it. Congratulations, Korean. Yeah. 28-14. Uh, like, look, Willis Reed is the most valuable player of the year. Kareem wins rookie of the year. 21-13. and 13. Like, it's not. Why? Like, why didn't, why did he not win MVP? And four, because the Knicks got, had four more wins than the Bucks. But what does that have to do with anything? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> That makes no sense. I'm just saying. And then the Bucks. Well, Wait, could I you mean, go in MVP voting? See, see where Kareem. Yeah, he was third in MVP voting. You can go up to that. I prepared that does this. Not time. make any sense. <laughs> no, you're good. Oh, that's ABA. I had me bugging. I was like Spencer Haywood. Yeah. Jerry West. Mister Clutch, thirty-one points a game. Thirty-one. But still, Kareem still got thirty first place votes. That's crazy. And, and but I mean they got it right. They got it right though because in the Eastern Conference Finals, Bucks took the L. Willis Reed had twenty seven and twelve. Or twenty eight and twelve, really, on Kareem. What did the Kareem do though? Oh man, I'm scared to even look. <laughs> oh 34 and 18. <laughs> oh man, that just sounds like he didn't have a good team around them. <laughs> that sounds that's crazy. Well, Bobby Dandridge is a Hall of Famer. Uh John McLaughlin's name looks familiar. But no, there's okay, not a man, lot. Of- when we're talking about Hall of Famers, like if you look at some of those players that are in the Hall of Fame, the basketball Hall of Fame is like giving out candy to like kids after a dentist. Yeah, but Bob Bobby Dandridge, he's a legitimate, like he was a player in the seventies, like he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. He's the good. He's a good third banana when Oscar eventually shows up here in this program, which is what we got to get to in a minute. But this is what led to them getting Oscar. Is where's Walt, my man Walt Frazier? Almost a triple double with ten, seven, and seven. Yeah. And shooting. Oh, he shot terribly. But everybody really shot terribly. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. No wonder why there's more rebounds to go around. But uh <laughs> but still I guess they got it right, but are you surprised that Kareem didn't get the MVP in his rookie year? A few people at this point had done that. It wasn't uncommon at the time. Um well could this I see could I could I see what the um Lakers record was the year before? You mean the Bucks? Or no, because I I want to understand how why like why is Jerry West over Kareem? Like, is it just because he his stardom or probably maybe? Oh no, because that makes no sense to me. It was we are talking about 1969 here, oh. 1970. But I mean, Willis Reed did did win. Yes, but I'm just saying, it could be. It could be a thing because Kareem still got he still got first place votes here. Yeah, but I just don't understand like what the I mean. And Jerry West led the league in scoring. I'm just giving you reasons, and he led. The I league guess the win shares. Yeah, the win, he, led he led the league in win shares. 
which nobody was fucking looking at at the time. <laughs> yeah, no one even knew what that was. So <laughs> but I guess I guess they had it. They were like, he just, you know, he could dribble and he could shoot, <laughs> you know, like he does it every once in a while. Yeah, it, it works in. out. It worked out fine. But I, uh, I, I'm fine with Kareem not getting MVPs rookie year. Give him a chance. I'm sure. I'm sure everybody there was like, ah, fuck it. But he outplayed. To me, he, he played. He, like, he was just better than everyone else statistically, right? And then he also won more than the second place by ten, by ten games, and he won less than the first place guy by four games. So it's like. And I don't think he – and clearly when – what did it go seven games with the Knicks? No, the Knicks, Knicks won in five. Oh, so he clearly had the lesser team too. So I don't understand how you wouldn't look at that and say that's MVP. Um, <laughs> like – The Knicks would go on to win the uh, to win the finals in the series. This was also a Knicks team that uh, was known for their ball movement, one of those kind of teams. So – the fact that they worked around the individual guy doesn't really shock me that much, but I, mean, uh, I just I that just doesn't make sense to me. If you have the better team, like clearly the Knicks had the better team, and then I the guy, yeah, well, clearly once the finals, the Eastern Conference Finals came, we knew, but but no, Lynn, you were saying, I, yeah, one thing about Kareem that. Uh, was affecting in his career even like when he first started in the NBA was how not of a public person he was so that also was a factor as well like he just wasn't people's favorite player not really especially not true. at the beginning of his career well he's a his, he was a historically uh, irritating interview <laughs> for a lot of people that's what he was looked at as just very boring very like are very serious all the time. Yeah. But this is while he's still... I'm pretty sure he's still Lou Alcindor at this point, right? He hasn't changed yeah. names yet. After It's after his um his second year. Yeah. I think. It's after we get into this championship, which we're going to get into. Okay. Okie dokie, so... We really ouchy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Bless. Okay, so before the start of Kareem's second season in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks acquire Oscar Robertson. And Robertson will stay with the Bucks until he retires after <clears throat> the 74 season. In the 71 season, Kareem gets the MVP, they win the championship, and he gets the finals MVP. So... So he only he only averaged what three more points this year, but he had a higher, much higher win share and won MVP. I just feel like that that's a from his rookie year. I feel like he you could debate that MVP right there. So I think I think looking at it, saying that he had you know as we keep on seeing that he has six, he could have had more possibly, and we see that with a lot of these great players that we go that we're doing I think that the difference between his rookie year and his sophomore year can be described with one letter and that letter is the big O 
That's fucking right, brother. The big motherfucking O makes a difference. Now, obviously not the same guy that he was before he came to Milwaukee. Yeah. But still, still the guy who knows the game at that point better than any guard not named Jerry West. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah he's probably the second best guard. Definitely the that. second best guard ever. If it's if it's if it came to three names, it would be Kuzi, it would be Oscar, and then it would be Jerry West. Yeah. Right? I feel like yeah. three I best guards it. of all time at that point. And he gets one of them. So Oscar Robertson, 19 points per game, shooting almost 50%, and eight assists. Easy, easy when Kareem's getting you 31 and 60. <laughs> yeah. Shooting almost 60%. Total animal. And look, this is what I was saying about Bobby Dandridge right there. 18 points per game, 50% shooting. Like, yeah, he was a good, he was a solid third option. That's what I'm saying. This is a solid third banana. That's good shit. So yeah. then when we move to the playoffs, and we'll look at the, uh, the season as a whole in just a second, but. I just want to look at – I like looking at the playoff numbers because I think you get, it's a better representation of what everybody did. So, look, Kareem, down in points, up in rebounds. <laughs> yeah. It's 27 pretty much in 17. Uh, 51% shooting. Monster. Oscar, uh, 18, 9, and 5. Solid. And Bobby Dandridge again. Almost nineteen and ten. So this is a, this is the making of a championship team. So even look, even if we, as we go back, this is nineteen seventy two, seventy one. There we have a definitive big three. Just like to point that out when people like to talk about how that's never happened before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, every single decade has had a big three, hasn't it? You want to? I mean, um, I could name I could name several big threes on a bunch of teams if you really want me to break it down. But I just to find it interesting that if you're going to look at championship teams, more yeah. often than not, there's going to be three primary scores hitting hitting these numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we were to take the names away, right? Yeah, 26 and 17, really nice. But you get my point. Definitive first option numbers, definitive second option numbers. Not Marv Winkler. I don't know who that is up there, but. <laughs> yeah definitive third option numbers here like i i just think it's a nice uh dichotomy i mean you had another guy averaging 15 your fourth option was averaging 15 like that was true that, that seemed like he had a pretty solid team that year so we're looking at this is the nba mvp award kareem 31 and 16 easily running away with the award this year no fucking yeah. contest. 66 wow. wins. And look at Oscar. Oscar even getting some love down here, which is pretty Look, nice. and then they got Willis Reed, who won MVP the year before. He had a significant drop-off. Yep, but similar numbers. No, he was averaging like – I think he was averaging like 26 and something. 
dropped eight games in comparison to the last year. But the Bucks meet in the finals, the Baltimore Bullets, who almost finish at 500. <laughs> so it's really not a surprise to find out that they were absolutely fucking swept. <laughs> Beaten, smashed. All these games really not that close at all. <sighs> uh, absolute butt-fucking of epic proportions. <laughs> Kareem, 27 and 18 and a half. Oscar doing now. This is the Oscar that we know and love. We're getting much closer to mm-hmm. a to a, uh, a, a prime, a prime yeah. Oscar. Not at, not totally at his prime, obviously, especially with the rebounds being down. But it's kind of hard to get 10 rebounds when this fucking guy is getting 20. <laughs> but. And you got Bobby Dandridge putting up almost 20 and 10 on his own. But this was the difference for Milwaukee. And this was Oscar's first championship. So, go ahead. Go ahead. No. So, like, this is definitely nice, but um, I just want to – I just want the viewers to know, like, how much competition there actually was during during these – each of these years because I feel like that's something that um, a lot of people – the nice part about Kareem is he has all the accolades, but a, a lot of people say he's overrated. And I just want to be able to show who who he's going against and kind of we could see if that theory is true or not. Who makes it to the finals is not really his fault. Yeah, but... You still have to get the job. The whole league is, <laughs> is like... They're saying at this point... They're they're saying that he's um like he was clearly the best player over everyone else, and it was not like he had much competition. There was not much. There was like the stardom, like the the stars in the league were starting to like retire soon, and they didn't have like and also him being the best player of that time. They also said that he um. I'm sure it was because of his civil rights move like ways, but it's also his game. It's kind of, when I was watching him, I I compared him. Well, I didn't compare him. I just thought he was like Tim Duncan because he looked just like Tim Duncan. They're both tall and like they. And I feel like Tim Duncan took a lot of um, Kareem's game and um, made it his own. So I like. But pretty much you had like a Tim Duncan kind of player running the league for 10 years. And a lot of people say the 70s was the worst worst decade. I think when we get into 1975 and 1976, when there's a way more parity in the league too, this is also the only decade there is no repeat champion. Yeah. This is the only decade that that happens. It almost happened in the 80s, but – the Lakers managed to do it at the end of the eighties to make it still happen for every decade. My point is, I think when you're talking about the early seventies, I think the league is still at a place competitively, especially as early as 71. When you're getting, when Oscar Robertson's only 32 years old, like I'm not looking at it. Like he's, I know that it's the sixties and guys don't obviously don't play till they're 40, but he's still putting up, 20 points, nine, you know what I mean? Like 
I guess it's less than what he was doing in his athletic prime. Sure. But he's still a productive, like, I don't know. I think there's still plenty of solid talent from the sixties that are in this league, making it a productive league uh, and a competitive league. Whereas when we get to the set, like 76, 77, I think your point with the league being completely diluted and being completely like, you know, having less talent is warranted. Mm. But I, I like a lot of the 60 stars here. Also, uh, Kareem says that Oscar was the smartest guard he ever played with, which I guess would include Magic Johnson if he says that. That just sounds weird to me. I know, but it's said, it's a statement said. So it, it like, and this is a guy who's played with them all and seen them all. So like, that matters. But I just like, how can you do that? How can you say that? When... <laughs> so, you're so you're so you're so disrespected for Magic. <laughs> huh? Yeah, no, like really, like you played with this guy for what two to three years? Yeah. You played he didn't with Magic. Say he was the best player. He didn't say he was the best player he played. No, with. but even like Artist. Magic, Magic was like he played with him for what two to three years, and whatever he was old, you could say. Yeah, but he said he what? says he learned more from Oscar in those two to three years. Like he was. Yeah, but that's that's a given though. He's coming from you from as a as a veteran versus you coming a Magic as the veteran. So yeah, but you're gonna tell me Kareem's. Uh, not thoughtful about these sort of things. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I think I, I think, think saying that means a lot for uh, just other players. Like I think Jerry West was just as yeah. He doesn't. He's not putting up thirty, but he was putting up thirty the year before, and he's still putting. He's, this is almost twenty-seven and ten. Like yeah. there's being done. <laughs> I just I just think. Cause I'm looking at it from his perspective. He's a ninth. Well, he's no, he's 20. He's a 23 year old who's been probably watching basketball his whole life. Right. Because right. he's watching all these players and he's watched Oscar Robinson. So I'm sure he was a fan of Oscar Robinson. So it's different when you're coming at it from that perspective versus you being the guy that like you were magic's fan. Like you look at it. It's, it's just, no, I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying <clears throat> is, you can't discredit – it's hard for me to discredit people from the 60s when there are players who played in other eras that I respect that that blend into – you know what I mean? Players like Kareem that played with everybody that say they should not be – it was not different. You know what I mean? Like there are, there are different players who do different things, and when we get to the 80s, we're going to see a little bit more dynamic players at each position. But – these guys are still putting in work. And like, I think that maybe at the center position, they're still undersized and there's still less, there's not as much talent at the height of Kareem. So maybe in that perspective, I could see it, but to say there's to say that the league is not talented right now is kind of crazy. Late seventies. Okay. Sure. But not, not in the, not in the early seventies. I feel like, uh, but, but maybe, maybe you feel that way because of this. Too. I mean, how many stars are there? Like, For- you're going to ask me to name the stars? Yeah. All right. Kareem, right? Jerry West is a star. Uh, Havlicek is a star. I'm not even going to count Oscar because he wasn't a star. Like, people – he was a great player, Hall of Famer, all-time great player, but not considered a star in the eyes of the people. So, I'll even leave him out. 
Okay. Um, Willis Reed was Willis Reed was okay. New York. And then soon you got Cowens coming in because I see Havlicek here with Boston. I know they're about to win a championship in the mid seventies. And Will Chamberlain, who's not on this list. Yeah. And Gail Goodridge, who's not on this list, but he's uh he was the third option for the Lakers. Um, there are a lot of guys who are. So that you just named seven guys. I named yeah seven to ten guys, and these are these are just the now guys I, I'm looking at on this screen. That why well, my whole thing is you go to the '80s, and you name ten guys off the top of your head easily, with like without even questioning. You go to the '90s, you could do the same. You go to the two oh, thousand. I, I actually don't think that's true. If In the could, '90s, I don't think you could do it for the '90s. I think I think we can. I don't think so. But and, it's fine. We don't we don't have to do that. And uh, what do you call it? And also, it's only because these are things that happened thirty years before I was fucking born. Like, if yeah, was, that is true. But I what I'm saying, older, I would have a better perspective. But I'm I can only go off years of looking at fucking YouTube. It's the best I can do. Literally, <laughs> literally, the league was doing bad at this at these points from this in the 70s the league is doing bad they're losing like not this not i think you're you're too early we're almost there you're too early because when the celtics won their championships in 74 and 75 or at least in 74 the league was bumping okay like that's what i'm like i'm just looking at these guys and i'm i'm looking at a lot of like i got you got you giving me some grades but like I'm looking at a lot of not too good people. <laughs> I'm just I'm just looking at this, and I think from a fan's perspective, when we're talking about the greatest players, I think you have to start looking at competition because that's the only way you're going to be able to. Because you see, every all of them are great, all of them work hard, and then you just and I think you have to after after a while start talking about what they're doing because a lot of these numbers are nice, but are they doing them against people who are t- like, because at this point, he could be going against Dr. J. And he could be Lewis, going against other star. I'm just naming, I'm just looking at stars that, uh, okay, here we go. Dave Cowens, he was there. Yeah, okay. And then I'm looking at. Um, one thing that Russell has failed to mention, I think, or at least I haven't heard him mention, which he usually brings up when you're talking about older things is there is less people but there's also less teams so they're playing each other more often sure i could see that that's true but also my whole thing is you still not name like these guys aren't like will you're facing an older will like jerry west you're also facing an older jerry west like you're fa you're not facing them at their Primes, like I know, but I already favorite. I already addressed that they're still putting up numbers. Like to say that they're not, well, it's still putting up twenty and eighteen on the season. Like he's not so, it's comparable for the league. It's not it's not fifty and twenty five, but it's still comparable. Like if you ask Will Chamberlain in the late in the early seventies if he was fucking falling off, I guarantee you he would tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> like you can't tell these that's my thing certain guys and you know what i'm talking about you'll look through history and certain guys you'll know when they've fallen off like kareem we're gonna get to that point in the late 80s where he knows the torch has got to be passed there are certain guys here 
like Jerry West, who had still not uh, – I'm pretty sure – did he get his championship yet or no? 71? No, he gets it in 83, maybe? 73? 73, maybe? Oh, sorry, 73. Um, yeah, and so he's still hungry, playing hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes, it's a different era, but there are still plenty of stars to go around. And also, um, I'm finding guys here that I know are stars that I didn't name because – you know, I'm a youth. <laughs> yeah. But I, I see a bunch of people like um, like the Big E, Elvin Hayes. He's a Hall of Famer, solidified Hall of Famer. He'd be Kareem in college. That's that guy. Yep. Um, and then got smoked by him the next, very next year. That's hey, I'm just guy. saying. It, it's, no, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying that matter. You I'm played a Kareem with, with a I'm fucked up eye. worse than him, but I'm saying <laughs> – it's still competitive is my point. I, I think at this point is, do you think everyone is saying Kareem is the best player in the world right now? Oh yeah. Definitively by, but that's, that's not the, that I don't, I don't discredit. I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I was just, right I was, now. if anything, like I said, man, I would disagree with it right at this moment. You want to give me, you want to hit this button a few times and move to like, 1975 76 we're gonna have a different conversation okay but i think i think this because i there's still so many of the stars from the from the 60s putting up numbers i think it's totally fine to say that there's competitive there there's plenty of competitive talent in the league but not as competitive or not as talented as a 66 win Milwaukee could you could you do the the W's for both? Like click on the W's for both. So you got three, two teams, three yeah, three teams under 30, 30 wins. Mm-hmm. And um, three teams out of what? How many? Four. Eight, basically two teams. There's one so, team basically at 30 wins. It's 29 wins. Yeah. I mean, it's not – I guess that's not too bad. It's just – 66 uh, and that – like, you're clearly over all of the competition. Yeah, but I'm not saying Kareem's a fucking slouch. I'm just saying that he had competition to go against. Yeah. And he dominated said competition. Because this is like the – this is like pretty much doing – Magic is pretty much Magic and Kareem, like a, a decade beforehand. <laughs> yes, and then and putting it against. I wanted to show you this because I thought this was really interesting. Because we keep talking about, we keep circling around this, and mm-hmm. people like this, and this will. This is kind of what I'm saying. Even though Wilt's points are going down, like he's still, when you look straight at the averages. Then when we go down here to the games, like there are still very few games here at the beginning in the early 70s where we're talking about. They're comparable. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're comparable. I'm yeah, I'm just saying oh, this. Man, so then 50 on Wilt, that's so disrespectful. Oh my god. He gave him a 50 piece before he bounced. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, a little before he bounced. He but said, I and even in the playoffs. Well, versus Kareem, you know, Kareem completely dominated, but yeah. And my, 
my whole point, my whole point was saying that the competition was there. I, I just think the competition was there and he was, he came at a good time. I said that all before yeah. too. He came at a very good time, but I, to say that that hurts his legacy at this point is not warranted. No, I, I want, I want to, I wanted to say, I just want to bring it up so then people could hear, hear who they who he's going against each year, because I feel like that's going to matter in this era because no one knows about the seventies and no one gives a shit about the seventies. <laughs> so I feel like people, cause I I'm learning this stuff too at yeah. this point and researching. And I feel like no one else th- knows that. So I'm just saying the stereotypical thing or not stereotypical, but you know, like the common theme for Kareem's seventies years is he had no competition. Yeah. So I just wanted, I just wanted to make that kind of clear in, just making you argue it. <laughs> oh, I got you. When it comes to defending yeah. old players, I am I will be here till the cows come home. That's yeah. my job. <laughs> okay, so after the 71 season, um Kareem has another MVP caliber season in 72, but they do not make it to the finals in the playoffs that year. And then 73, there's no MVP and a really bad, bad playoff season where they lose in the first round. And we get to 74 and another MVP caliber season for Kareem, and they make it all the way to the finals to go against the Boston Celtics. With the voting. Wow, this is really close. Yeah. So you got three candidates. Kareem, obviously, 27-14, five assists, steal and a half, and three and a half blocks a game. Yeah. That's the other thing. People were just getting way more blocks than they do now. I feel like not as many people hit the three, four blocks per game category. Yeah. But um, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna I was gonna say I think it was because of that um I think back then they didn't have the three-second defensive um, violation at that. So I think they were in the paint more, especially guys like Kareem and Wilt. I was watching games, and I saw that um, Wilt was just camping in the paint, waiting for anybody to go up. So <laughs> so I could see how they'd get more blocks at that point. So what's the deal? What's the deal? When did that, when did that happen? I think it was in I want to say like early two thousands was when the rule the, got up. The defensive three second violation rule came out in two thousand one. Two thousand one. Okay. And then we also don't know how many blocks people were getting in the seventies and or earlier because they didn't start recording blocks or steals until nineteen seventy four this year. So this was the first year they started recording those. Ah, so this is the first year that they recorded blocks? Blocks, steals, and they it was the first year they recorded the difference between offensive and defensive rebounds. Oh. I think it's interesting they averaged a steal and a half. That's like guard numbers. Like, I feel like you usually see guards averaging almost two steals a game and stuff like that. So for him to be a center averaging it. But um, that MVP... Voting looks kind of shaky to me. I need to see records. So I see the, the wind share difference, but I, I don't know what the records are. So Bob McAdoo played for the 
now defunct Buffalo Braves and had 42. He was 42 and 40. Okay. Okay. All right. So they're about 500. What's he second? Yep. 30, 30 points, 15 rebounds. Right. Yeah. So just statistically, he looks like he's doing much better than Kareem. Also, he's, he's somebody that I'm going to take, you know what? I'm going to take a moment to, uh, to talk about Bob McAdoo because we might not get another opportunity to do that. This guy is one of the most underrated players of all time. One of the original uh, efficient shooters of size in the NBA. He was 6'9", 6'9", center power forward, and consistently hitting about 50% from the field. And a lot of people from who watched him yeah. play said he was the first real stretch big, like guy who was taking shots. I guess Will's, I saw Will's Reed taking shots from like what would be considered outside. But as you can see, Bob McAdoo took it to a completely different level. He's got an yeah. MVP somewhere in one of these years. It might be even be uh, I mean, this one. But wow. Yeah, it's, it's somebody that nobody talks about. And then – in the 80s, in the late 80s, he came off, or in the early 80s, when Magic, he was a, when Magic yeah. came to the Lakers and Kareem was playing with them, he was a critical part uh, to their bench. And he got yeah. some championships out the back door. Gotcha. So, I, I, I'm surprised he's he not talked home. about more because he got the stats. Yeah, I like, did. I had to do my own research on him. But I figured yeah. now would be a good time to talk about him. Yeah, one of the best players ever. But... Braves, only 42 and 40. Then you got Bob Lanier, another cent. All these guys, big men. This was just the era where guards didn't get any kind of credit. Yeah. It just didn't. Walt Frazier is well, besides first. Besides like um, Jerry West and stuff like that. But right. But Jerry the West top, is the top five MVP voters right here, or the top five in MVP voting here, are all – Power forwards or centers, yeah. all of them. So, and they're all double double guys with points and rebounds. Yeah. But Kareem, I think the Bucks had the best record in the league. Yes, they did. Yeah, that makes that, okay. That makes way more sense to me now. And that's why he got the award. And yeah. it's Kareem, he's just doing it. For, yeah. You know. And at this point, he's definitely the best player in the league. Like I think, at, at after his second year, he's the best player in the league. Yeah. The crazy thing is Dave Cowan's here with 19 and 15 and the second best record in the league sits at fourth. So people didn't really know what they were voting for back then between stats and good teams. Like th- there's, cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of confusion about that. You can tell in the early voting, cause some of these seem very stats driven and some of these seem very like, Oh, you're the best. You had the most wins and you were the best player on the best team. Yeah. But I think I think back then it was much more like all the way until the I want to say some points in the eighties where um I I think it was more so who was the best player in the league at that point I think they I think they they took that to like a higher stand like because if you if you think about um like until what the middle of the eighties, I feel like magic starts getting screwed for some of the MVP, MV, um, MVPs because he's just been dominating for so long. They didn't, they were like, 
We got to give him something in the back end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. We, I mean, in the legacy breakdown available in our archives, we talked about a lot of that. And I I feel like he was screwed more for finals MVPs than regular MVPs. I felt like the ones for the regular season were okay. But in this season, Kareem and the Bucks face the Boston Celtics, the other, the other best team in the league. It's the one for one seed versus one seed. God, it took me t- 10 seconds to come up with that. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay, one seed versus one seed. It goes seven games. Lots of overtime. Uh, I'm going to show some of the footage from this first. But closely contested series. And this particular game, this is game six. This game goes to overtime. Look at Oscar posting up from where around the three-point line would be. <laughs> but that's what that's what his thing was in the yeah. half court. He started doing that as a guard. He was one of the few guards to play like that. Hold on, I want to see. Do you think I... that's where like Magic got it from? Uh I would say Oscar Robertson had to give Magic some sort of a blueprint for just being a big fucking guard. Just a giant yeah, because they play. I feel like they played kind of similar to certain extents. Yeah, well, Oscar is definitely the the tallest, one of the tallest, if not the tallest point guard in the league at this point. And yeah, he he's uses six, his eight, right? Uh, six, he's eight. six. He's six five. Are you sure? Yep, positive. Now, you wouldn't be the tallest shooting guard, but he definitely might be the tallest point guard at this point. But look, as soon as he gets to half court, he's eight. back and he's posting up. And now we got Kareem. Oh, you saw he was loading up the hook, getting ready. But these a lot of these games would go to overtime. And I'm sorry, I just always think I'm like, oh, I thought he was six eight for some reason. You're gonna, see, always... you're gonna see insane minutes played numbers. Forty seven minutes a game from John Havlicek. Twenty six, seven and five. Or twenty six, eight and five, really, with two steals. Yeah. And Callens, 22 and basically 10. So he stepped his play up from regular season, yeah. 43 minutes a game. And JoJo White, this is their big three. 16, 7 assists. You got Kareem down here, absolutely annihilating. Mind-blowing numbers, 32 and 12 yeah. with five assists and two blocks every game. Playing 49 out of a possible 48 minutes every yeah, single have much. Of- with him right now <laughs> like when 35 year old oscar robertson playing over 48 minutes average the game yeah what a crazy. series if this series happened now all they would be talking about is how many minutes 35 year old oscar is playing yeah sure. <laughs> and this is 35 years old back in the early 70s not 35 years old in 2020 where lebron yeah. is the best player in the world 35 yeah. you might as well be fucking 50 out there Mm-hmm. Yeah, where all the freaking games played, yeah, and um and minutes played, they were averaging like, I think it was like, for over forty forty three minutes a game or something. For his career, he's got something like that. Yeah, you could go a little yeah, bit, yeah. Go. forty yeah forty two minutes a game. 
ridiculous. And, 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 pretty he, much, and pretty much played that for played over 40 minutes a game every single season up until age 32. In 74, at 35, um, he's playing 35 minutes a game. And in the regular um, season. And then in the regular season. In the fucking finals. And like to put that in perspective, Giannis Antetokounmpo in 2020 is averaging like 35 minutes a game now. So like that's and Giannis is what like ten years younger than him. Let's see, because now you got me thinking about it. Yeah, twenty twenty. Where's my minutes? Oh, of course, sucking my balls. Yeah, I don't care about that. You know, thirty minutes. Oh, less, less, less. My less. bad. My bad. Thirty minutes a game. Giannis has not averaged more than 30, 36, 37 minutes a game. In let's, his career. Go let's go to playoffs. No, in the playoffs, I know there was one year he was playing. He played the entire games. I know, but I want to. I want to know because we're looking at playoff numbers too. Playoffs per game: 34, 40 minutes. Wow. Still, this, this. Yeah, I was gonna say forty minutes. Uh, that's that seems weird to me. I remember there was a game. At least there was at least one game the Bucks had with Jason Kidd as the coach. And Giannis literally didn't move, didn't like leave the court like the whole game. Yeah, and then you got Oscar in the regular season, casually forty five minutes a game, forty six, yeah. and not leading the league, not leading the league except for one year in minutes. So think, see, this is where I start looking at stuff a little differently because a lot of people like to talk about the technology and stuff, but like I don't know how much technology. Like, you need to think, well, if you had Oscar playing 35 minutes a game throughout his career and maybe taking a few games off, do you think he would have averaged – do you think he would have had 20, 20 years, pretty good years? Like Probably. But look at – yeah, the best-case example of that, uh, I've definitely brought this up before, is John Stockton. John Stockton, uh, Jerry Sloan, when he was coaching John Stockton, held him to a pretty strict – 32 to 35 minutes a game for his entire career. And he played yeah. 21 seasons. Yeah. When Jordan was only playing 13. Yeah. The same period of time. So I, I definitely agree with that sentiment. Like there's something to playing less minutes, but there's also something to playing. Like, do I think Allen Iverson should have played less minutes in 2001? No, because they probably would have fucking lost. Yeah. Like, so there's also that you got to put into perspective. So, oh, this footage. This footage is. But I mean, so, I mean, it's not, I don't know. I just don't know. I think you can, like, Greg, Greg, if you're a good coach, you can do that. I feel like, like, Greg Popovich did that most, a lot of his career. Yeah. Um, Where he kind of divided things up for players and, I mean, it worked out really well for him. I, I don't know. I, you definitely need better coaching, I guess, when when you think about that. But I don't know. But now that I don't know, it, it's just it's just weird to think because I would look at these numbers in the past and didn't think they were that crazy, and I never noticed the minutes per game. I guess, and I or I never thought about it because you know you're not looking that in depth. You're just looking in, at points per game. Um, rebounds again you know the the normal shit yeah but um 
when you look at it from like some of these players could have been even greater, like easily. Like if Jordan would have been put on a leash pretty much instead of averaging his 42 minutes a game, whatever the hell, yeah. giving him, let's say 35, 37 minutes a game. Yeah. Like, cause Kobe was pretty much at like 37. Like would he have been even great? Like sure. Maybe some of his stats go down a little bit, but he could like, there's no way Jordan couldn't have done 35, 37 minutes a game and still won the same amount because he had a great team around him. It's not like he, I don't know. It's just stupid. Like, like to think how dumb like, like coaches were back. Like it took them. I don't know what, what caused coaches to change their mind and develop differently. Injuries, injuries and intensity of the game. Like, because that's yeah, the injuries thing. have been a part of the game for years. Yeah. But across all sports, the, the sports has become infinitely more physical. Like, even though they're not talking about punching and, like, you can't – the fouls are a little bit lighter. Yeah. The, the bodies and the human beings are pushing their bodies to capacity. Like, yeah, not so the way faster, they were strong, Yeah, yeah like, this is not that fast. Like, in comparison. Yeah, yeah, because, like, this – like, if it was in 2020, he would have been coming down the court full steam ahead. Yeah. And it would have been – it would have – yeah, I know what you mean. That's what I mean. The difference yeah. that's where the difference is in terms of physicality. Because things that things that were casual in this period of time are totally different now. In, in yeah. terms of contact. Like guys wear mouth guards in the NBA. Yeah. Like they're going to a fucking UFC fight. Yeah. It's I, like supposed to be a non contact sport. You're wearing a mouth guard. Yeah, yeah, that like, is true. Well, Le- LeBron, I know LeBron and Steph wear mouth guards still. They all do. Yeah. And rightfully so, because when you get in that paint, you're going to fucking need them. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, if you get like a – because people look at it and they're like, oh, you just got an elbow to to the face or whatever. And yeah, that hurts normally. But like when the guy's like six nine, three hundred pounds or some yeah, shit you're, hitting you're you. Alan, you're Allen Iverson and you're bumping into Shaq in the lane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a fucking pinball. <laughs> fucking terrible. But yeah. oh shit. But I think I think Kareem definitely deserved the MVP this year. Yeah. And I'm sure. surprised. I'm kind of surprised they didn't come away with the championship here. Considering his numbers and the fact that it, I mean, in game seven. I think he didn't have eight, much of a team with him. They really got smoked in Game Seven. Yeah. And how'd he do in Game Seven? Twenty six, thirteen. Twenty six points on twenty one shots. Oh my! Yeah. He was exhausted. Yeah. Oscar six points, thirteen shots, two for thirteen. Yeah. He, they were just gassed, and this was Oscar. that was the last game. I, yeah, I was gonna say the last game he played, according to his fucking basketball reference. Shout out to Basketball Reference, the greatest basketball website for stats of all time. But 13 rebounds, four assists, no steals, no blocks. For a guy who was averaging three and a half in the regular season and two in this series, got zero in game seven. So some they're they're just fucking dead. And then Cowan stepped up big time. 28-14. He still scored 28 points on 25 shots. This is a you know what this is, Dario? This is a classic game seven. Yeah. Yeah. Always 
game se- game sevens are historically inefficient. <laughs> Shooting like garbage. Yeah. Like, and it just came down to a lot of the a lot of players usually don't live up to them. Yeah. Because of, because there's so there's so much pressure on them. Crazy, 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 crazy. Yeah. But I think I think he wanted to go to a bigger market, anyways. I think he want. I think he was planning on going to New York or 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 LA. That's what he wanted. No, wait, wait. There's something on him going to New York. Yeah, he wanted to go. Like they were saying that he wanted to go to New York because he was he New was York? like he played in Harlem and stuff too. Like he like he went to Harlem and um. New York. Wow, it's been a dream of mine. We could have had this whole last conversation on the pod. It's not a Yeah, but we're not using this. <laughs> I don't want to use it anymore. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you don't get a choice. <laughs> I get to just use it now because it's important. <laughs> it's been a dream of mine. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wanted to join the Knicks instead of the Lakers, but then what changed his mind? This is crazy. I didn't know this. Yeah, it was. Bet- I know. I know that it was like. I thought it was between the two, but I guess he wanted to do it. But th- that just shows how how little um players had say at that point. Like players didn't have say until freaking recently. Like this is not like all great players didn't have any type of fucking choices. Sincere, determined efforts. I'm very happy that that's highlighted in green. <laughs> Sincere, Sincere, determined fucking efforts. That means they the the Knicks said, "Here's a check," and it was smaller <laughs> than the Lakers' check. Yeah, pretty much. So once again, the Knicks get to the table and fuck it up. It's been happening since the '70s. Should have been facts. The shit offends me. They always shit the bed. They always know where the they don't know where the shit pan is, so they just shit but, the bed. So Kareem played high school. <laughs> Kareem played high school. Played. Uh... <laughs> Fuck! I got such. Fuck you. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so in high school, Kareem played for in New York in the city. Yeah. College, he played for UCLA. Yep. That's where his head was at, I guess. Yeah, because he was he was from New York, right? So that's the thing, sort of. He sort of. I know he like grew up in Harlem, or at least did played basketball in Harlem. Yeah, he he grew up in Harlem. Pretty sure. And he would play at Rucker Park all the time. He was one of the first big dude, like him and Dr. J. Yeah, some of the first guys to play at Rucker Park that were big time. The Knicks yeah. will be looking to learn from these mistakes, but with the present front office, the future doesn't look bright. Jesus, wow. I could have wrote this. Wow, <laughs> amazing! But I, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I I thought it was L.A. all the way, and I guess there was no if, ands, or buts about it. That's what was going to happen. But yeah. 
I think that. Do you think? But do you think Kareem is the same guy if he stays in Milwaukee? Do you think he's the same talent? Because they're gonna get. They would. They'll. They're getting Sidney Moncrief in a few years, right? Who's a, who was an All Star and one of the best defensive players of that era, and they they turned that eighties in the eighties they turned their team into a nice little club. So what? I could, what it depends. Think? I think it just depends on chemistry at that point. But it seems like um, I'm just saying the organization was competent. That's my point. Yeah. That's the only reason I bring that up is to say the organization could have done something with him, if not for extenuating circumstances that outside of basketball yeah and what do you call it i i think i think um money the money like you said i think of i think because of a lot of those circumstances he um he probably would have retired he would have been i think he would have had like kind of the jordan effect where where people say like after 93 jordan got Fed up with a lot of with the media and all this bullshit. Plus his dad's death, whatever, it helped cause him to retire. I yeah. feel like that was going. That was looking like a similar route with Kareem because he said that he was like Magic Johnson. Pretty much gave him a second breath in the eighties because he was tired of the media and tired of like yeah, the way he still, was. He still got four or five years between then. Yeah, no, so, but. It, Think like why would the media stop? Like what would like like if anything is gonna just get worse and worse? I feel like in Milwaukee, unless you start winning. I mean, if you start winning, it kind of shuts everything up. But but how how soon was he gonna start winning? I just think Kareem. Like, that's a good question. How soon did how soon did he start winning? That kind of leads us right into the next. Because that because I know I know that um. That Lakers team, it was a full, when at least I know, and there's still year, a good amount of years spanned b- before Magic. So this is probably like this is like three or four years before before that. But I know that Laker team before Magic only won 47 games. So I don't know, I, and I don't think he made a. Did he make a finals with this Laker team before um, getting Magic? I don't think so. Oh yeah, he did. Yep. Oh yeah, I. I I think so. Wait. No, no, because he. Okay, cause he, are you guys ready? I think the ball. I'm I have the info. Box. Yeah, go. Okay. So I think it was the boss. 76, his first season with the Lakers, they missed the playoffs. 77, they lose to the Blazers in the Western Conference Finals. 78, first rounds, and 79, first round, and then 80, they get Magic Johnson. So he really didn't succeed yeah. in the playoffs with the Lakers until they got Magic. Yeah. Yeah, and about the first round, oh man! About the that first um, it, I found uh, that's very interesting. His first year with the Lakers, and he didn't make the playoffs because he his record says that he should have made the playoffs, but because of a rule, uh, oh, yeah, a rule yeah. issue that I got you go for it. <clears throat> yeah, because of a rule change that occurred, I think it was in like 2014. Um, he wasn't allowed to um go into the playoffs because I think the way the rule was was the winner of each division gets a gets a spot in the playoff bracket and there was a team I can't remember what what team what team was 
better than him. Let me break it down. Let me break this down for you. So look, these did these, see the teams with stars right here. Yep. These are your playoff teams. You got the Bucks. You got the Pistons. You got the Warriors. Sonics. Those are the top two in each division. Now, the final playoff seed, because there are only five seeds at the time, goes to the best record of the teams left. Now, the Lakers are fourth in their division behind Phoenix. Phoenix has two more wins. If we were to just do it the way we know by win record like this, yeah. we would see that the Lakers would make that. Would make that would make the playoffs because they had the fourth best seed in the conference. Yeah. However, because of the way they set this up, they had to give the playoff berth to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. When did this change? Okay. So the way that the playoffs grew based on like, as they added teams, once before 1970, they just had the divisions. They didn't have conferences. So it was easy to just be like top in the division. You're fine. You go. But once they added conferences, they started doing it based on like top in your conference, regardless of where you were in the division, you still get in the playoffs. That didn't really change until 2016. Like there were different ways that they changed how they determined which seeds would go in and where. But basically, it was based on conference standings, not divisional standings, until 2016. And I think I think the reason for that was, I think Portland, for some reason, they got home court advantage over I think Memphis maybe or something like that that year. Or uh, and um, and they were like eight games be- below Memphis, but because they won the division, they got home court advantage, which is stupid. Yeah, that that was recent. That was more recent, yeah. right? That that's what I knew was a recent rule change. But that uh, I knew the things with the conference was soon. But yeah, I thought that was super interesting. But considering that information, let's go check out the the MVP voting for this year because I want to see if the voting was even close, considering that knowledge, or did Kareem still win it in a landslide? He was still the win share leader that year, even though he, he didn't have a winning record. That's just very bizarre. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. But I think, so what is it, 75-76, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you got a, you got a bunch of people in the running here. Very split. Look at these points. This is close. This is less than 20 points. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Bob McAdoo got screwed out of a couple MVPs here. What, what was um? His what was his record? Playoffs, right? I gotta go to the top. His Braves definitely made the playoffs, and he led the league in scoring. Braves, yeah, they're in the playoffs. And they won four more games, six more games than the the Lakers. That's weird. That see, that's what I'm saying. I think they're looking at it from the perspective of who's the best player in the league. That's yeah. That's why. But then again, there are other seasons where you look at it and it's like it was the best player on the best team. Yeah. Like that. That's it's very confusing in this era. 
Yeah, it's not. There's no consistency. And also, it seems like. Kareem during this particular season, he played. He played. Oh, he played every game this year. Am I in the right season? I thought this was the year he did. Yeah, I'm on the right season. I thought he didn't play every game this year, but he did. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. But he did. Yeah, he completely led, dominated yeah. the Chiefs. And that's crazy because. You, know you yeah, go ahead. It's crazy because I was gonna say because Bob McAdoo won six more games, but he must have not been the reason for all the all the wins or they something like that. But people on their team, yeah. It's yeah, not. It's not every day you look at the seventy-five, seventy-six Buffalo fucking Braves. Yeah. <laughs> so bear with me. Oh, Randy Smith, twenty-one points a game. I have no idea who that is. Truthfully. Oh yeah, um, Randy Smith. He's your boy. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming he's a sharpshooter. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> Small shooting guard, eh? Shooting guard. Let's see. Hold on. This is a random tangent, but fuck this. Uh, forty-nine percent. Yeah, who is this guy? Is he uh, yeah, he, he, he had a halfway decent NBA career. Two-time All Star, All <laughs> NBA. His children are probably watching this right now. Well, probably not, but All Star game <laughs> MVP in '77. Unbelievable. Oh, so that's who's that's who's on his team. Twenty one points a game. Iron Man. That's crazy. Fucking crazy. <laughs> Must not know Tony Stark's boy. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, then you got Dave Callens, nineteen and sixteen. He's another guy I'm positive has an MVP in the seventies, but could have come out with a few of them. And then you taking you got, that, you taking that that nineteen and sixteen over Kareem's twenty eight and seventeen. I don't think. I, <laughs> how many wins? How many wins? Hold on. How many wins did the Celtics, Celtics had? Fifty four wins. I guess, but I mean, no guess. No, had fifty four wins, and they went in the chip that year. This year, they went on to do that. So I uh, mean, I can I'm just that. saying. Did he win? Fi- if he won Finals MVP, then he's fine. No, JoJo White won Finals MVP. <laughs> Pretty sure this is that year. Yeah, JoJo. JoJo. Twenty-one, four, and five. Four five. Oh my god. But yeah, Callen's twenty sixteen. Did his thing. Damn, Havlicek's got. What were they scoring? Like, how many points were they scoring a game? One hundred and four. Yep. Wow, they had all five starters double digits. Yeah. Boston Celtics, I don't know if you know this, not bad at the game, good at basketball, especially in the 70s and 60s. Not so much in the... Every every decade except the 90s, pretty much. Celtics have been relevant. 2000s? They they were really that relevant? Hey, they had the big three in the 2000s. They got a chip in 08. Whatever. But they weren't relevant in the, the, the 2010s. Hey... Tatum I don't know. Gone. I don't like that. I'm a Laker fan, guys. So. <laughs> I used to be a Celtics fan, but I still keep the flags behind me. <laughs> so, after 
the 76 MVP season where they missed the playoffs. Um, Kareem has another MVP season with the Lakers in 77, and then make it all the way to the Western Conference Finals and lose to the Blazers and Bill Walton. Then in 78 and 79, there's no MVP and early first-round exits for them. Um, in 79, they only won 47 games, and then when they got Magic Johnson in the 79-80 season, they went up to winning 61 games. Boom. So, I wanted to talk to you guys about how they got Magic Johnson. Because we didn't really talk about it in Magic's Legacy Breakdown, available in our archives, but... We're going to talk about it right now because I think it's more interesting when it comes to Kareem's career. Here's why. Kareem, obviously, we, we spoke about in uh, earlier in Kareem's career. He was still winning MVPs, but he was not uh, producing in any team success or with any team success in the late 70s for the LA Lakers. So, Gail Goodridge, who was a pretty marquee player for he was basically the Lakers third option I'll show you up here they they the Jazz signed away Gail Goodridge from the Lakers league rules at the time required one team or reti- required the team to compensate the other one for signing away veteran players as compensation the Jazz and the Lakers traded a handful of picks including the Jazz first round pick in 79 so the Jazz sucked, so the Lakers got the number one overall pick in the 1979 NBA draft, and they drafted the greatest point guard of all time, Magic Johnson. After that, in February of 1980, Cleveland sent, uh, this is the Steepian rule, so Cleveland sent Ted Steepian, uh, or he was the general manager, excuse me, and he was not in on the NBA draft. So he would trade away his picks. And the Stephen rule is you cannot trade back-to-back picks in back-to-back years. So he would just he just gave up all of his picks, and their 1982 draft pick turned out to be number one again. And that's how they got James Worthy. And that's how they turned into a dynasty. So really, the Lakers' 80s dominance is built on the backs of pure league incompetence. <laughs> I just love I love that story. Nothing brings me more joy than t- than describing that story to people who don't know it. Because yeah. I think I just think that that is like if that happened today, the, first of all, the Jazz would get pooped on every single day in the media. Cleveland yeah. eviscerated, even worse than they already uh, like are. They'd be relegated even worse. Yeah, insane, incredible. <clears throat> Magic could have played for New Orleans. That would have worked. That would have been a nice fit. Magic in New Orleans. You think he would have still been Showtime? You think he would have still been the same? Who the fuck knows? Without Kareem, who knows? But yeah, yep. We get this. As you, as I'm going to let you talk about this, promote this uh, inspired Kareem. Did it not? Yes. So, as we talked about in. Magic's legacy breakdown um their very first game together pretty much was like the the thing that kind of helped change Kareem's mindset of his career because he was he I think he was thinking about retiring at that point or getting he was getting close to 
to being tired of the game or and just uh the media and um after <clears throat> after drafting magic and playing with him for the very first game uh kareem hits a game winner i think a free throw sky hook something like that got you and, right now this is the first game of magic's career playing the san diego clippers at the time yeah. this might be um a foreshadowment for this year fairly pod mother <laughs> but instead of kareem there might be Braun on Kawhi. Yeah. <laughs> magic uh, hugged him like he just uh, found out that he's <laughs> giving birth to quintuplets. I don't know if he would have been that happy with quintuplets. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and Kareem at this time, he's, like, not with the shits. He's just like, man, this shit happens every day. One asshole. Yeah, <laughs> we got at least a hundred more of these if we're gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, he's if like, why are you hype, man? If you're gonna hug me after every fucking game, I'm gonna <laughs> to work out and bench more so I can hold you up after hugging you. <laughs> nice and oh, easy. Textbook yeah. skyhook. Oh man, that's yeah. a tough ass shot. That's a tough ass freaking shot. I'd rather do. I'd rather do a turnaround jump shot from right there instead of a freaking skyhook. To me, that shit is tough. Because it's Kareem, it doesn't look tough, but that's a tough-ass freaking shot. It looks better in slow motion. Because it was so close. Like, like it, it looked like it was so close to being blocked. Look at that. No, not really. Oh, it never... It, it always looks it, but it never, ever, yeah. ever gets blocked. There's a list of yeah. people... And he looked at the camera like, you saw that? You saw that, boy? <laughs> you saw what I do out here? This is regular. I'm the realest this in little, the game. This little motherfucker here jumping on me and shit. This is what I do, B. That's what, he, that's what, <laughs> that's what Kareem was saying right there. So this All inspired right. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to win his last MVP in his career. Winning six in ten seasons. Insane. We can talk about the overall dominance of that, but, or the, uh, overratedness of that as we kind of talked about in the earlier chapters of his career but now he's got all the competition here in the league and it doesn't matter 25 10 and 5 pretty much with a steal and still three and a half blocks a game shooting 60 percent on a 60 win ball club pretty sure yeah 61 60 and 22 Uh, six uh I was like, I better have all these fucking Lakers stats down at this point. (laughs) Um, Lakers 60 wins, obviously leading the West. Is he he leading the win share that year too? Let's check. Yep. He is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, this one... Uh... Pretty I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think that that's that's really much of a argument. Pretty unanimous. So, yeah. and so then we get to the finals in 1980, and it is he, Philly versus <clears throat> LA. He dominated that whole series. Completely dominated. So I'm going to yeah. show some of the. I'm going to show some of the highlights after I show you his. Uh, 
total stat line. 33 and 16, or 33 and 14, excuse me. Yeah. With four and a half blocks a game. So we're gonna look about we're gonna look at some of that right now. But total dominance over his competition. And he got hurt at the end of game five. Woo! Look at the yeah. post move. That little quick spin elbow. Yeah, he had, um, I th- this was, and we as we go through the we're not gonna do all of his season in the eighties, but as we go through the eighties, I think having this competition in the eighties and beating beating these opponents kind of like makes his kind of overratedness in the seventies look a little better <laughs> because he's he's still like dominating and doing shit in the 80s. Well, that's always oh. that, that's really what I what I was going to say to you. Like this guy played in both periods of time and dominated the 80s. Really the 80s and the from the late 60s too. So he got he got to play with play with and against Jerry West, uh mm-hmm. Will Chamberlain, yeah. um Elgin Baylor, uh Havlicek, guys like that. And yep. he gets to see Magic and Bird and all them. And yeah. Dr. J. Um, what, were you, what were you saying, Lindsay? Yeah, what? He saw the butt end of Jordan's career, too. Yeah. True. True. Completely true. So, I think that... Wait, sorry, that was wrong. He saw the beginning of Jordan's career at the butt end of his career. Right. Yeah. But you, you never hear Kareem disparage the guys from the 60s. He usually has a lot of fucking positive things to say about those guys. Yeah. And this is a guy who would be able to tell you definitively that those guys couldn't fucking play. Yeah. But I feel super strongly that it, I, I, I suppose. Both, say that again? I, I just look at it as when they're your heroes. You look at them differently. Than- Not when you're they're your competitors. That's like people telling. That's like people. That's like Kevin Durant being like Kobe will always be better than me. You think he thinks that? You no. you think so? He was saying Will Chamberlain and and um those guys were better than him. That's my point. I don't think he was saying that, but I'm saying he 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 considers them the greatest players of all time. Like still could like. Even though he's played with the Magics and the Larrys and the people from the 80s that we still consider at this point to be some of the greatest players of all time. Like, there's no tears for him. It's never been brought up. And I feel like he'd be the per. First of all, he's got the intelligence to bring something up, like, like, bring something like that up. And second of all, he has the complete experience to be able to do that. Like, you I don't know. I definitely think that if he was going to pick the best player he ever played with or against, I'm sure he would say Magic and the, and then Larry and them. But I'm sure the guys in the 60s, he, I never hear him say, those guys from the 60s just weren't on the level as the guys from the 80s. It's not, I've never heard him say it. So this, this is my way of wanting to kind of dis, disprove how that doesn't mean much to me. Okay. And, and so and th- before, we, before I even mention this person's name, who do you think ha, what what do you think is better competition the, from 2010 to 2020 or 1990 to um 2000 
Like, uh, who? What now, would you think? Now, you think you think there's better talent now, right? Yeah. So Vince Carter always talks about the guys in the '90s and yeah. how they were so much like better and tougher and. Yeah, like he said, he says it all the time. Yeah, but he's talking about the superstars, right? Or is he talking about just the regular players? Well, yeah, uh, yeah, he's talking about the superstars, just like Kareem would be. He, Kareem's not going to be talking about the 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 Kevin Smiths, Kenny Kevin Kevin Smiths. We were looking at the other. Like, see, this is exactly my point. He never says the guys from the '80s were soft, and he never says the guys from the '60s were shitty either. Like you, like you're bringing up with Vince Carter. This is exactly my point. He he puts them at the same level. Yeah, but the rule changes weren't that different. But like like you you I were guess. playing a very similar game still in the eighties and the in the sixties. Or I mean the eighties and the seventies. It was it was not that much of a difference in in physicality. I guess. Either way, you see a guy who dominates either period of time, like it's not very different. Like it's not it's not like he dropped off in the eighties, like he got older, but the, like he was still easily producing 33 and whatever in the finals. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. And I, I, I agree. I could see that, but towards like, that's the be So the beginning of the eighties, but towards the middle of the eighties, you start getting a little bit more guards and um, players yes, who are playing. I think, I think, I think my main point in this is if, if, if Kareem is doing this in the eighties, then I think guys like Wilt and Bill Russell would have been fine in the 80s. And if they were fine in the 80s, then I feel like they'd be fine going forward too. Like that's, that's, that's how I'm doing it in my head. And Kareem is the best case example of this. Like because he played in all those eras and because we, got to, we get to see it now through the legacy breakdown. Like I'm, the more I look at it, the more I'm thinking that I think that the guys from the 60s, as usual, don't get the credit they deserve. So which guys? Because so, certain guys I agree with you, certain guys I don't. Like Russell, uh, Chamberlain, Jerry West. The, the, See, I, I think Jerry West. If you put him, if you put him in, maybe, and maybe it's more towards. I, in the eighties, it's still very similar, so I'm not disagreeing there. But when you when you take some of these guys and put them into certain eras, I think they start to diminish in stardom, like. I think you, they look a little bit more regular than than other players, but I do think that they're like all star level kind of players. I, I just don't think that they're gonna like you. I just can't get over the fact that when I'm seeing Jerry West dribble down the court, he's like looking like he's, <laughs> he's a fucking little kid just learning no, how to play. Can I show basketball. you something though? Can I show you something just to just to bring it up? Yeah, like because since you brought that up and I'm staring at it right now. Watch the Lakers guy bring the ball to court and on this possession. Just watch. Watch Magic. Look. Look how he's got the ball. Yep. It's not that fucking crazy. No, it is very different. Russell. No, it's not. It's the not. guy literally is like, he literally is like doing a motion with the ball. Like Magic is going down the ball. And, like going, and Magic kind of always like. Like, look, look, look. Like, it's not that different. It's exactly like what we just watched with Oscar Robertson. Like. No. Well, Oscar is doing that from the very jump because he doesn't want to get the ball stolen from him. My, like, point is, my point is, I just to say that these guys from way back when couldn't play it like in like in any era ahead of time is just crazy to me. No, I don't think that. They, I just think, I think as you do certain people, they they become 
instead of the superstars that they were in their era and how they dominated, I think they become a little bit more like they they yeah, it, smacking them right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Kareem, I don't have much of an argument for Kareem. I think he's gonna be great in a in a lot of eras. So I that's not an argument. But I think some of the guards and stuff, like I think they're not as good. And I think all of the all time great bigs would do pretty decent. Like it, you and as we go through each person's legacy breakdown, we'll yeah. I just wanted or, or I, just, I wanted to take this part this moment to bring it up because Kareem's my best case example for this because he actually played in Wilt's time and in this time. Yeah. So and he he played well in both eras. So I I think that it just shows that the guys in the previous era could still do things. I guess that's my whole point. I just get mad when people go, "Well, Chamberlain would be like." an average to slightly above average NBA player if he played in not the 60s. And I just think that's insane. But yeah, I, I in terms of uh, um, for Kareem, but I think I, that Magic was the spark plug for him. Yeah. And absolutely gave him the fire. I don't think Kareem plays 19 years without Magic. I think he probably finishes at eight, in 85. I don't think he plays. Um, I don't think he plays yeah. out another. You know what I mean? I agree. But he's got magic to take the load off of him. It made the game so much easier. Yeah. So, and they were going to the finals every year. What the fuck's it's not fun about that? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think. Do you think? Uh, do you think Kareem hits? Uh, do you think? Do you think his career's looked at the same? It's definitely not. But do you think? There's any way he could get his career to look as dominant without magic? No, because I think he, I think he was a weird. I think so, and I don't know if I mentioned this in a in a video, but um, when watching Kareem, I, I think I think we did that, but I'm not <laughs> sure if, if we have have the footage or not. But <clears throat> I I think. Kareem reminds me a lot of when I was watching him play and break, like looking at his um, at his tape and stuff. He yeah. looked a lot like Tim Duncan to me, right. but I think he didn't have all of the Tim Duncan intangibles, like the like. I don't think he was as great of a leader as Tim Duncan was. Wow, and um, I think Magic Johnson was the leader of that team. Even at this point, even in 1980, I think Kareem was the best player. I think his nickname Magic Johnson. Yeah, but Kareem's but, is cap. And it's but literally, no, look it's at not for no cap, it's for captain. Nah, I think it's cap, bro. You want to know why? I want to tell you why. Because this same, pretty much this same team without Magic won forty-seven um, games. Yeah, sure, Magic is really good, talented, and everything. But I think Magic gave them a different type of energy from the very beginning of the season, and it made them play completely different. And I think Magic is going to do that with any team he plays for, and and he helped, he made Kareem want to play, but like want to play the game more and have fun while playing the game. Like I think he was the leader of that team without, but he without saying he without like definitively being the leader of that team because in this same series, I mean in the same finals that that we watch, you see them all deflated after Kareem gets that gets injured, and. Magic literally from the he was just a leader from the very jump and pretty much said, I got I got you guys and he had them. 
like like I think I think magic plays a huge role in Kareem's all of Kareem's success like in the 80s. So when we did Magic Johnson's legacy breakdown I definitely felt like even though he said 21 11 and almost 9 with three steals. Yep. I just felt like Kareem had done the more damage to get them to this particular series win. I felt like even though Magic got them over the hump, had Kareem had been healthy, I think the same outcome would have occurred. And everyone knows, everyone agrees. Like everyone had Kareem as the finals MVP before that last game. Yeah. But the reason they, the reason that it ended up the way it was is because Kareem would have just ended. Like if, if Magic didn't do what he did, Kareem would have never won finals MVP because he they would have lost the series more than more than likely. So you think, wait, time out, time out, time out, time out. You think the Lakers would have lost the series if if Magic didn't do what he did? And yeah, Kareem, Kareem wasn't going to be Kareem. Kareem said he had a two week long injury. And no, he, yeah, that had, I understand, but I, but I thought you had said if uh, Kareem was healthy and Magic didn't do what he did, it wouldn't have mattered. I think Kareem would have gotten. Oh no, no, no! I didn't say that. I, I was saying I was saying the reason it ended up the way that it did was because of Magic doing what he did and making it making them win the series because they wouldn't have won the series otherwise yeah. so like kareem wouldn't have had the chance to win finals mvp because because of his injury he would have never won he, he would they would have never won the championship and they would have never given him finals mvp yeah do you think do you think if the same series happens in 2020 they get kareem the finals mvp no no i think i think i think the same thing happens because I think if LeBron gets hurt in Game Five, hypothetically, let's yep. go. Let's go. Those that that Cleveland team with Kyrie and LeBron. I yep. say LeBron. If but the game where they both had forty, let's say that's a Game Six, right? Mm-hmm. Or this scenario where it was Game Five, and then in Game Six, Kyrie puts up forty-five, and they uh, and they finish it. But LeBron's averaging a triple double for the series. I still think they give it to LeBron. No, I think I think. So for the totality, so we're talking. We're talking twenty the twenty sixteen season. So, so <clears throat> to paint the picture for the viewers, um, LeBron James and and Kyrie Irving gets the forty points, and and the both get forty in in game five. Game six, LeBron does what he does, but gets injured at the yeah. end of the game. Yeah. So now we go into game seven, going against that Warriors team, and Kyrie's by himself pretty much. Yeah. Um, with Kevin bumass love. Yeah. So, 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 and then, yeah, and then Kyrie Irving puts up 45, 15, and what, what is it? 45, 15, and 12, something like that. Uh, or some crazy shit. Yes. Yeah, and, and they win the series. Um, because of that, everyone is giving <laughs> the finals MVP to Kyrie Irving because. No, they would have otherwise never won the series because LeBron because of the injury. But you can't, you can't. He literally has a crazy game that that was the defining point of the series. Like they were supposed to lose, and because of his game, they didn't. Like you have to give him. You have to. He's the re, he's the MVP because if not, they would have. He's the reason that they won the series. Yeah. Okay. Like I like, that. like little circumstances like that change things. But if we're looking at it and we're just looking at straight up numbers, I'm always gonna say, yeah, yeah, Kareem should have won it. But then when you explain 
all Kareem got injured in the last minute or whatever, and not the last minute, but got injured and and then couldn't that's play. The that's the thing. To me, that's not how I would have described it. I would have said Kareem absolutely fucked them up for five yeah. games and then got hurt and then Magic sealed the deal. Yeah. I think but, but, I, to me, it's just like no matter which way you, you slice it, I think – I think you got to give the best player on the best team the finals MVP because he, it's not like he fucking did not show up. He did. He just got hurt. Magic said that he, that he thought that Kareem, he gave, that was the other thing. Thank you. Fucking Yep. He gave him the fucking trophy. So clearly magic agrees with me. (laughs) Like I'm like, I could see it going either way. Like, but for me, I'm looking at it from, you have to take it into full like pers- like what what happened yeah. and knowing just knowing what you know no one believed that the Lakers were going to win that series even the Sixers said this is going to be two scrimmage games pretty much and we're just going to whoop their ass and win a chip real quick oh, like yeah. that's how they felt so so to me you got to like looking at how much of an underdog they were and they won- and they ended up winning like you have to, you have magic just came through, and when no one else believed that he would, even his teammates didn't believe it, and that's again why I feel like magic was the leader of that team. Yeah, that's a good point. It's all about the context. Context, add context, Russell. Hey guys, if you like what you heard, be sure to check out our YouTube channel. Just type in Apex Greatness on YouTube to see everything we put out this year. From legacy breakdowns to current NBA and NFL content, we have over 150 videos to binge if you're that type of person or just to listen to in your spare time. We have about two to five hours of new content every week. Check us out. Later.